There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes... Lots of other marvellous benefits and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash iron filings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine, I am Andy Hotbody Dawson, pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Um, welcome along, it is the Melchester Odyssey once again. Again, and I have in my left hand the 4th of February 1984 issue of Roy the Rovers. As always, the uh, story begins on the front cover and continues on another three pages inside. Uh, across the top, as always, <clears throat> it's, it's there's a bit about the sign please page, um, which is the centre spread of the autograph and the colour picture of a player. It says this week, it says, sign please, Chelsea's Curry Dixon. Do you want to guess who it is? Uh, I reckon it's Chelsea's John Bumstead. And they've got the pictures muddled up. I'll let you guess again. <laughs> it's Kerry Dixon. Uh, it's Kerry Dixon, yeah. What a guy. Yeah, yeah. Considering he, he, he um, you know, ploughed on with a girl's name throughout the 1980s. He did, which... yeah. No one ever... It's weird you say that because I, I just think, yeah, Kerry Dixon, normal. Yeah. So I must have got much. I must have got so used to it back in the eighties yeah. that now it just doesn't even register that it's a girl's name. Yeah. A bit like oh, Vivian you're, you're, in the young ones, I suppose. Um. Well, yeah. A man with a woman's name. Uh, Kerry. I've got to say, it's a great picture of Kerry Dixon. In as much as I don't really like Chelsea, that is a classic. Chelsea kit that in it. Yeah, I was just going to say that's a good one, isn't it? It's a real good one. It's like the you is Lacoste sportif with the horizontal Thin stripes. Horizontal. That's how I. Yeah. I had the Sabutio. Yeah, we had Chelsea Sabutio team, mm. not because we had any Chelsea fans in us, but we tried to. We collected all the team, first division teams. Me and my brothers. Right. And um, yeah, we had that kit. It's a real iconic kit. That. Well, Lacoste sportif were quite ambitious. They did Sunderland's kit for two years. Did they? If you remember, it, it was predominantly white but it just had a couple of really thin red stripes down it. Ooh. It was a massive... When was this? About um, 81 to 83, I think. Right, yeah. I mean, they were um, Tottenham. They were very famous for the Tottenham kit as well, weren't they? I'm going to find a picture of it and show you it. And I'm just going to turn the camera around. Uh, this is not meant for good podcasting, but... Oh, yeah, I do remember that. I remember that in my sticker album. Yeah. Let's be honest. Massive change. Lecoq Sportif were the fucking best kit manufacturer of the 80s, I reckon. They were off their fucking tits, weren't they? They were fucking mad. Bunch of fucking mental Frenchmen. They were like, "Uh, you have have a tradition of uh, how you say equal red and white stripes, eh? (laughs) (laughs) No more. We are 
how you say, disruptors. We take, yeah. we take tradition and we turn it on its head. We break things and move quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they set all of that up long before your, uh, yeah. your Elon Musks and etc. Yeah. Oh, I love that strip. I had that strip. It's a great strip. You know, uh, it's a great it, was, strip. it was pretty unpopular among the hardcore fans at the time. Well, there you go, right. I, I would say Chelsea's best ever kit, to my mind, I'm not an expert. Chelsea fans may get in touch and correct me. Is that the Kerry Dixon mm-hmm. special? That's mm-hmm. the best Sunderland kit I've seen. And Tottenham's kit, again, pains <laughs> me to say it, but Tottenham's 80s kits when they got to cup final, they were Le Coq Sportif as well. And they were good too, yeah. weren't they? I mean, you know, there's that documentary that was on ITV a while ago about Admiral and all oh, their yeah. kits, were, were, which were, of course, really, yeah. really good. Like and, England's and, you know, 82 one, yeah. Redefined the genre. But... Um, yeah, there's, a, there's an argument for a documentary about Lecoq Sportif, whatever they are. And they should are, call it, became. it should be a 12-episode Netflix called The Disruptors. Lecoq Sportif <laughs> and the revolution in 80s football shirts. It seems they're still going. Fucking hell. Yeah, yeah, they had a shop in Covent Garden uh, not that long oh. ago. I don't know if it's still there, but I remember there was a shop in Covent Garden that was just Lecoq Sportif. Wow. And it was um, it was a lot of cycling gear now as well. They do like fancy pants cycling shirts like Rums. Paul Weller and Mick Talbot wore in um, my ever-changing <clears throat> moods video. Oh, they, they did the 1982 Argentina. Yes. Well. Brilliant. Well, They're the best. You know, they never when, did when West Ham. When I'm a rich man, I'm going to drape myself from head to toe in Lecoq Sportif. Sport <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I can just picture you swanning around Sunderland yeah, like a dandy. Oh, there he is. Yeah. That's Andy Dawson. He'll only wear Lecoq Sportif these days. They, they call him Lecoq is. for short. <laughs> Lecoq Sportif of Sunderland. Uh, Does it literally translate as the sporty cock? It must do, yeah, because mm. they've got the cock and the logo, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah, a, a Gallic rooster, it says here on the Wikipedia page. <laughs> yeah, excellent stuff. It feels like a deep dive, but it probably isn't. Mm. But, yeah, good stuff. Anyway, let's not get distracted. By the cock sporty. It's very easy, yeah. Uh, Roy the Rovers, here we go. Can I give you a little spoiler alert? Go on, this one? go on. At some point, we get to see Roy Race with drenched hair. <laughs> so if you think to switch it off because we're just going on about old football kits stick around oh. and, uh, obviously as always in case people don't know we always post the source material on our Twitter account yeah. for these Roy the Rover so you can follow along once I actually get around to doing it later in the day after they've been uh, put up there so go and have a look anyway um, a group of Melchester Rovers fans led by the notorious Trevor Brinsden oh fucking hell Kind of uh, had mounted when a campaign gonna, when's that Roy? you're going to bang him up <laughs> yeah yeah. And David Evans going to get his hands on him <laughs> it'll put him in a fucking under stadium cell yeah, yeah um, like Hannibal Lecter on a fucking yeah. trolley with a mask on and a gag <laughs> by the way uh, we want to stick a ball gag a fucking ball gag you know like the sex monsters like to wear put him on one leg dress him as a dog <laughs> but in a leather dog outfit and tied to a trolley. But have a hole in the leather outfit for his willy to hang out of. And every time he makes a noise, whack his willy with a stick. And even that's too good for him. <laughs> like David Evans. <laughs> for a, yeah, it's like David Evans have- for a Brighton Bedfordshire. <laughs> <laughs> 
I will have. I vow to you, the voters of Bedfordshire, that if you vote for me, a vote for David Evans is a vote for justice against the cancer of football hooligans. I will have everyone... Even accused, not even proven to be responsible for violence <laughs> on, a, on, a, on a football match day. To be dressed up in a leather sex bondage outfit like a dog in the town square with their willies hanging out. And any passers-by can whack their willies with a stick. Sexy leather dog. I will call it Lecoq Sporting. I will turn all of the country's hooligans into sexy leather dogs in the town square. And if you don't have a town square, madam, I shall build one. (laughs) Well, I think he seems quite nice. I mean, I have been worried a lot about the football hooligans. I read about them in the news and I worry not so much myself. I worry about my children and grandchildren. So I think it would be better, yes, if they were all dressed up as sexy leather dogs. Why not? We have to do something with them after all. It keeps them off the streets and off the terraces. <laughs> and, I, and I think they could probably learn a thing or two by having their willies whacked with a stick once in a while. It didn't do my Arthur any good, any harm, God rest his soul. He had it done to him by the Jacks in the war. <laughs> and when he came back, I will say this for him, when he came back out of that prison camp, he didn't talk much ever again. He was very moody. <laughs> but he never caused any trouble. There was no fighting at football, I tell you that much. Yeah. yeah. He never went out at all, actually. He sat in the corner no, of the room. No, he just sat. He stared a lot. Listening to the wireless. He liked to stare a lot. That was one of his hobbies. Yeah. He was He was one of, like, we used to say, he's one of life's starers. A man of few <laughs> words, but he loved to have a good stare at the wall. We thought he's a proper thinker. Yeah, all hidden depths. But then, unfortunately, he died of emphysema. Um, (laughs) But he did live to a ripe old age of 54. So he had a good life. (laughs) But now he's dead. And what I don't like the idea of, he would have have disapproved of these football hooligans. And he would often say, not with words, but with his eyes, he'd often say to me, Barbara, he'd say, Ah, uh, you wouldn't catch me misbehaving like that. Those years dressed up as a sex leather dog in the Japanese prisoner of war camp in a in my bamboo cage, having my willy whacked with a stick, were some of the best years of my life. Because Barbara, they taught me how to be a man, right? And uh, and I, and so I think he'd approve of it. So yes, I will be voting for David Evans on election day. Why not? Oh, not that horrible Mr. Kinnock, the Welsh windbag. What's he going to do about the Unicans? He'll probably give them all a free council house, won't he? <laughs> I think he said that, didn't he? I read it in the paper. He said he did a speech saying that he was going to give a free council house to every football hooligan in Britain. Well, I think that's disgraceful. I think I read it in the sun. That's that. I read that in the sun. I just think that's an horrible idea. And I, I will, no, I shall never vote Labour. My Arthur, he said, never vote Labour because they'll give council houses to the poor. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah. Um, so as I said, a group of notorious, Melchester fans led by the notorious Trevor Brinsden, <laughs> as far as I got, had mounted a campaign against Roy because of his controversial team selections against Port Dean. 
in the fourth round of the FA Cup. Brinsden was overjoyed when Roy unluckily gave away a penalty. <laughs> Have you ever gone to a match and wanted West Ham to lose? Yeah. For the uh, uh, oh, I hope that cunt gives a penalty away. Yeah. Yeah. When you get to the stage where a manager is really deeply unpopular and you're all <clears throat> desperate for the board to pull the trigger, right? You, mm. you must have been through this countless times. And mm. you and you get frustrated because the fans are like, get rid. And the board are like, we're going to give him three more games. Mm. There is a sense then amongst fans of all clubs, I'm sure, whether they express it or not, where you think, well, actually, I hope we don't pull out a miraculous <coughs> fucking win today. Yeah. Because if we do, then he gets a stay of execution. So yeah. that's the only time. I can't remember a specific example of that with West Ham. But the only one I can think of specifically at Sunderland was Steve Bruce. Right. And I think there's a home game of maybe against Wigan, mm. who he'd managed previously anyway. And I just really wanted us to lose. Well, all of us went together. Or we all wanted us to lose. I think we did. We lost 2 1, I think. Yeah. And he did go. But Steve Bruce just always just trotted out the excuse that the, the Sunderland fans never took to him because he was a Geordie. Yeah, but that's... This is bullshit because he's not, he's not even a fucking proper Geordie. He's from Corbridge, which is... But also, res- results Scotland. speak for themselves. I mean, yeah. you can't... Managers often hide behind that, like Allardyce, oh, the West Ham fans didn't like me. I mean, no, they didn't a lot of the time because you seem to spend half your time at the club slagging off West Ham fans and West Ham. <laughs> <laughs> which in a way I admired him for because yeah. he was so fucking mad he turned up from day one went, fucking West Ham fucking stupid club fans <sighs> are fucking going on about World Cup all time it's fucking stupid I don't even like it here they're rubbish I've always been rubbish right and he'd be like fucking hell this is psychod- it's psychedelic management this <laughs> he'd like come in thought I'm just going to slag this club off <laughs> but um so, yeah, a lot of managers will say, oh, they didn't like me because of this, that or the other. But ultimately, managers, you know, you like them if they're fucking winning. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. and if they're not winning, if the team is sort of playing well. You know, I've seen managers that, that West Ham fans liked even when we weren't winning. Like, so Zola, he came from fucking Chelsea. He's a Chelsea legend. West Ham hate Chelsea. And yet he won us over and we weren't even winning a lot. But he came in... Zola he, could win anyone oh, over, though, with that su- smile. He's such a likeable man, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that is the litmus test. Like, West Ham hate Chelsea. And in fact, back then, I think we hate them even more than we do now. And so for a legend to turn up, it would have been very easy for West Ham to how dare you bring a Chelsea legend, an Italian of all things, here to the East End. <laughs> Right. Been very I hope easy. you frisked him for listening devices. Yeah, they would have been very easy for them to go that way. But he was so likeable. But the other thing was, was that they played, you know, always, they they played exciting football. He would always try to entertain. He would always try to attack. And very often we, we lost. But West Ham fans liked him anyway. And most mm. West Ham fans were very disappointed for it. It was very unfair when he, when he got the sack, right? And, uh, you know, so, I mean... Yeah, so it's it, a roundabout, it, isn't it? It's, yeah, the thing is, managers hide behind shit, but really, you're happy if your team are winning or at yeah. least trying to win and playing well. Yeah. Hey, let's get on with this fucking yeah. story, shall we? Yeah, sorry, that was a bit football-y. Ah, that's all right. Um, so, yeah, Roy's giving away a penalty and um, Brian Miller is about to take it for Port Dean and someone in the crowd says, if Brian 
Billy hits it just right, we'll go one up. Another one says, courtesy of Roy Race. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Brian Miller indeed does. Right foot, um, top corner, out of the reach of Charlie Carter. Charlie Carter's now got a, a very um, trendy new goalkeeper's kit. It's got a green uh, trunk and black sleeves. Trunk. <laughs> nice use of the it, word trunk, trunk, mate. Yeah, I trunk. like that. They were talking about that, that strep ear thing that a few kids have been catching oh, yeah. in schools. Mm. They're saying you get a rash on the trunk. The trunk. So that's sort of like yeah. the torso, you I might think it say. Is, isn't it? Yeah. I'm going to have to Google it and make sure, in case it's a reference to something else. <laughs> uh, trunk, torso, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. You see, but also he's wearing the normal shorts and socks of the of the outfield players, which I don't believe is legal. I don't think it is, though. So I don't know what's happened there with their kit man. They don't have a kit mm. man. I think Taff is in charge of kits as well as physio Probably, yeah. and uh, and pastoral duties. <clears throat> so uh, over the page we see Trevor Brinston punching the air as Port Dana scored a goal. Oh, I mean, you know, we've all wanted our team to lose on occasion to get rid of the manager, mm. but I don't think we've ever celebrated by punching the air when they've gone a goal down. But not Brinsden. Uh, wahoo! He says, that's the stuff, Port Dean. Let's have another. Hey, leave off Trev, says the Mohawk, <laughs> who seems to be his right-hand man. I thought we were supposed to be Melchester Rat supporters. We are, mate, and I reckon the best thing that could happen to the club is for Rovers to get knocked out of the cup by Paul Dean. And another one of them, who seems to be a skinhead, but he's wearing a bobble hat because they stood in the rain at Paul Dean. Um, I don't know what, what use a bobble hat would be in the rain, a woolen bobble hat, I have mm. no idea. Well, I've, I've made that goes, mistake before, and it's not Yeah, there's, it's there's not no, pleasant. There's no, it's really, there's no substitute for a proper waterproof hood, is there? It's deeply really. unpleasant. No, there's uh, there's seal skin hats you can get now. Rain hats, I guess, yeah. No, they, they yeah. look woolly. They look woolly. Right. But strangely, they do uh, provide Don't water absorb. protection. And I think the brand right. is seal skin. Just a little bit right. of a logistical tip there. From Excellent. some of my walking weekends, I've picked up a few tips on, out, yes. on outdoors wear. I'll just have a quick Google of that for later on. Just yeah. in case I ever go walking in the rain. Yeah. Just to get wet on purpose. Um, <laughs> what? Says the skinhead. Um, <clears throat> and uh, Brinsden elaborates. Then everyone will blame Roy Race for leaving Rob Richards, our top goal scorer, out of the side. Race might even get the sack. And a new manager is bound to bring back Rob. <clears throat> well, he would do, because not only would Melchester be a manager down, they'd be a striker down as well. So Richards would almost certainly come back in the team. But that's not relevant. Oh, maybe it is. Maybe Roy is, you know, over the hill. We haven't seen a lot from him, really, football-wise, over the last year. Maybe no. um, all the problems are getting him down and he's... He hasn't scored a hat-trick in weeks. Jalapeño. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. 
My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Jalapeño. The Mohawk is won over by this and immediately shouts, Trev's right! He's a genius! <laughs> <laughs> Trevor Brinsden is not a genius. Uh, and they all start singing, Carbo Portain! Carbo Portain! Melchester fans, for fuck's sake. Um, some Portain fans look on and say, Listen to those Melchester fans cheering our lot! They must be Barbie! Mm, yes, or high on glue, I would imagine. <laughs> Look at them. It's the cheapest of, It's the cheapest drug available to the young unemployed in Thatcher's Britain. You can get it from any hardware store fairly easily, <laughs> and it will get Cheap, you high instantly. Available. Although there yes. is a risk you may die instantly. <laughs> you don't even need to carry it around with you. You can just put it onto the sleeve of your jumper and huff it from that. No one would know. If you're wearing a large jacket over the top. Um, although they represented only a fraction of the Melchester fans who had travelled to Portain, Brinsden and his pals made themselves heard. And they're behind the goal. And we just see uh, Roy sends a cross in. Glenn Ritchie does a diving header straight to the keeper. Uh, Rubbish Rovers! Comes the shout from behind the goal. Uh, Roy, Roy turned away. It's pissing it down as well, which makes it worse, I guess. For the for Roy and the team, uh, Roy thinks their keepers quick to take advantage of the conditions. He smashed a long ball straight down them. I've done Roy's voice completely wrong there. Their keepers quick to take advantage of the conditions. He smashed a long high ball straight down the middle, and he has the greasy ball. It says sliced off Steve Naylor's head, and it does, and it goes backwards, and Naylor goes oof. And a fan shouts, another chance for Port Dean. And sure enough, it's tucked away. It's proper FA Cup underdog uh, knockout stuff, this. You know, piss and rain, night match, under the lights, uh, Melchester 2-0 down. And it's there, 2-0. Hooray. Oh, I mean, I don't know that's Melchester fans or Port Dean fans shouting that. But uh, Melchester were lucky not to concede another goal by half-time. It's your own fault for not picking Rob Rob Richards' race. Yaha! So some poor Dean fans. I reckon we're home and dry, even in this weather. Melchester look a beaten outfit. Uh, Back into the uh, dressing room. Roy had had enough. And you can just see there, Roy... Uh, Roy's hair has gone to shit in the pissing rain. It looks, look, 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 it looks limp and greasy. The opposite yeah. of everything I endeavour to maintain in I my stand hair. For. This is unacceptable, and I will be speaking to the board immediately about getting a roof put on this stadium. <laughs> Hopefully, by the time the second half commences. <laughs> Stay there, lads. I'll be back in two minutes. Get something up there. I don't care what, even if it's a bit of tarp. <laughs> <laughs> but it needs, it needs to be up there in 10 minutes. It needs to cover the old pitch. 
Actually, I'll be happy if it just covers the half that you're defending. It's either that or you're going to have to get one of the other lads to run beside me holding an umbrella, like what the bottlers do for the Queen. (laughs) It means we'll be effectively playing with ten men, but I think it's worth it. (laughs) Actually, one of your Port Day players could do it. It's you that's brought the fucking rain along. (laughs) You're our hosts. Bunch of fucking weirdos. (laughs) Lower league weirdos <laughs> <laughs> with the unusual customs. <laughs> Maybe the Portine fans are right, says Roy. Maybe we ought to concede the points right now and crawl back to Melchester. Cup match, isn't it? Is it a cup match? Two legs. Maybe it's not. Oh, there's a great. What what do we call it? Uh, capsule square. What do you call it, like, each individual illustration box? Frame. Frame. There's a great frame coming up that I've just scrolled down to because I got too excited and looked ahead. <laughs> it's one of the frames of the year. Okay. Good. We've got, um, yeah, it is a cup match, so there's no points to be conceded, right? You've lost your fucking mind. I don't know how it works. I don't, I, I'll be honest, I have never really bothered to get a full, a fully appraise myself of the rules of association football. <laughs> All I know is I was born with a natural gift to score goals. The rest That's of it, it is not interesting to me. I don't care enough <laughs> about it to learn the rules. They let me every manage because they'll let me do whatever I want because I'm so fucking good at scoring goals. Every Monday morning, a report appears on my desk which tells me what the score was, how many, what are they called, points. I mean, how many points we got. Yeah. And where we are in that in that fucking list with all the numbers, where I, we are in that, I can tell you, and it, I, gives I struggle me, with it. Gives me a fucking headache just looking at it. First thing I do is I screw it. Up. I check that my name's on there as the goal scorer, and once I've seen that, and I'm assured that it did That's happen, and me. I didn't dream that week's hat trick. I screw it up. I throw it straight in the bin. And uh, plus as well, Mondays. You know, I'm coming in on the back of an all day here on Sunday and the feathers were blacky. So the last thing I need to do is look at some kind of fucking printout. You know what? Sundays, funnily enough, a lot of people assume I'm a big Saturday night man, but I actually love a Sunday session more than anything because uh, it starts, usually we go to the feathers with the family. Uh, sometimes I even bring Mongo, you know, the lad along, but he has to stay in it. We, we've got him in a sort of a travel cage now. <laughs> So we can take him out, yeah? And uh, we got one of those bottles that you give water to an hamster with, but it's a big one, and we put milkshake or Coca-Cola in it for him. I used I used to leave him in the car, but he's getting older now, and one day he smashed his way out, so we got to put the kibosh on that. <laughs> the heat sends him mad. I got back, and the back seat of the fucking Ferrari was covered in excrement and sick. So I thought, well, we're going to have to put him in a cage in the feathers. And I, I slip an extra tenner to, uh, you know, Dave, the landlord, and uh, he, he lets him come in. But anyway, we have a nice roast with the family, and I have a few beers. I start off with beers. Then I have a few glasses of red, and uh, and then and they do a lovely carvery. And uh, then once we're done with that, Blackie will be there with his missus and that, and then we'll just send the wives away. We'll say, right, go on, get back to your house now, take the kids with you, and, uh, and then think, and about 20 minutes after they've gone, We'll uh, we'll get some other ladies to turn up. They'll arrive in a mini cab, ladies uh, from town, and then we just we just end up fucking town ladies. We we'll get the town ladies arrive twenty minutes after the wives have left, 
<coughs> and uh, we stick some music on, we have a bit of dancing, and uh, next thing you know... One thing leads to another. Very often you don't even go home, you go straight into work, and it's just great. It feels so natural and organic. There's always a lot of pressure on you on a Saturday night to have fun, whereas on Sunday it's just more natural. It feels like you're following your instincts like an animal would. <laughs> In fact, me and Blackie, we took to calling it Animal Sundays. No one else gets why. We just call him them. <laughs> Animal Sundays, and sometimes we get Dave to write on the on the blackboard in the pub. Hello and welcome. Animal Sundays at the Feathers. Families till three. Town ladies thereafter. <laughs> there's a, there's a usually a time, usually after three. Once the families have gone over, the town ladies have turned up, and me and Blackie will just look at each other. We'll yeah, we'll we'll share a glance with each other, <laughs> and we both know what it means. Let's go animal. <laughs> animal time. In fact. There was a period where we both took to dressing up as animals. I would dress as a lion. He would often <laughs> he would often dress up as a fox. Um, could be anything, and it was just it was just a bit of fun. Just a bit One of fun. One time, really. Blatty came and sucked out a sexy leather dog, but I asked him not to do that again because it was a bit weird. It was very off-putting. Even the town ladies didn't like that, and they'll stand for most nonsense. I can tell you. <laughs> That's why they call them town ladies. <laughs> Back in the dressing room. Uh, Vic Guthrie says, all right, Roy, if it's plain speaking, you want. Uh, the Rover super brat Vic Guthrie lurched to his feet, it says. Lurched. Lurch. <laughs> 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 oh, watch out, everyone, he's lurching up. Stand back. He's up on his haunches. <laughs> he's, he's, he's gone to his full height. He says what we're all thinking. Just why is it Richard's playing? We all reckon that you and Rob would make a perfect goal-scoring spearhead. <laughs> a what? <laughs> a <laughs> Sit down, Vic. Fucking hell. Fucking hell. <laughs> Slow down, Brainiac. <laughs> and then Roy, Roy replies immediately, the trouble with Rob, Vic, is he wants to do all the scoring. <laughs> yeah, and don't leave any for me. Yeah. I want to do all the scoring as well. <laughs> He says, uh, and remember this, in the old days, this is a close-up of Roy, I should should point out, and his hair is somewhat dishevelled from the rain. He looks like Steve Naylor. Um In the old days, Rovers never relied on a couple of players to do their scoring for them. We all got into the act. That's bullshit. It was always just Roy. Uh, there wasn't a single player, apart from Charlie Carter, <laughs> who hadn't scored by the end of the season. So let's forget about individuals. Let's start playing for each other again for the team they once called the best club side in Europe. And is the next frame the frame of which you speak? Yes, it is. I, I, I cede the floor to you. Uh, the next frame is beautiful <laughs> in its simplicity. To me, it is pure art. It is a quite a narrow frame, rectangular. <laughs> I would say three by six centimetres on my screen at least. Okay. Uh, and there are two lads. Uh, who are they? Steve <coughs> Naylor and... Um, I don't know, because Steve Naylor was blonde earlier on. I don't know who oh, that is. Who is that? Trevor? It's, no. It's, it's the one with matter. the little, the dark hair, dark hair mullet with a ratty moustache, right? And Trevor Cassidy. Trevor Cassidy looks a lot like sort of an amalgam of most of my mum's boyfriends of this era. <laughs> I'm very sorry to hear that. <laughs> All of whom invariably wore grey 
slip-on leather shoes. And <laughs> uh, and uh, next to him is Laughing Boy, isn't it? The one who thinks he's a laugh. No Baxter. No Baxter, yeah. that cunt. And they're both looking with a, a great deal of alarm and surprise on their face. And all you see coming in from right of frame is Roy's clenched fist and a portion of his wrist. <laughs> and it's not. it looks a lot like he's doing the wanker sign because there are motion yeah. things above and below his hand, like he's moving up and down. Yeah. And then the speech bubble comes in above his fist, just saying, for Welchester Rovers. <laughs> it reminds me a lot of the Sausage in the Grinch Hill yeah, opening title. Yeah, it's titles. just the way it sort of come in and nowhere. they're really shocked by it. It's heavily influenced by that, which also yeah. is one of the great artworks of our time. Yeah. Uh, so th- there we go. Back out. Uh, as the second half got underway, Trevor Brinsden and his pals were still cheering for Port Dean. <laughs> the Brinsden has now fashioned some kind of banner which reads, Dean, rule, okay. <laughs> He's holding it above his head with a big daft grin on his face. Uh, the rain's easy enough, Trevor, says one of his mates. I don't know what that's got to do with anything. Um, maybe Melchester unable to play in rain. And they'll be better when there's no rain. Not sure. Never mind, he says, Dean have got it in the bag. And then idiot Mohawk shouts, Where you want free? Where you want free? <laughs> Continued later in the issue. Uh, there it is. Fourth and final page. Uh, Noel Baxter does a good tackle on a Port Dean player and kicks up a bit of turf while he's doing it. Good uh, good drawing that. Oh, I, love a, I, I love a good tackle, mate. Do you? Like, oh, yeah. I saw it the other day. I can't remember what game it was in the World Cup. It might have been England, but there was just like... Because now you just don't get good tackles because pretty much any tackle where you go to ground mm. is the, the the ref blows up. And yeah. I don't think, as I've said before, and I'm sure it's the same for you, I genuinely don't know the rules of football. I'm not being facetious. There's just been so many little rule changes I never quite know. Like that thing in the World Cup where the ball to just crossed the line. But then they mm. started trying to gaslight us and saying, no, it didn't. And you're like, well, it, it fucking did. I saw it. Well, no. it didn't because saw, I saw a picture from above and it hadn't. Yeah, but the bottom of the ball had crossed the line. So to me... That doesn't matter. It's semantics. The of the ball. Yeah, exactly. So it's semantics, really. To me, growing up, I was, I was, I was believed, yeah. right, Growing up in Thatcher's Britain, right? I'm not saying it was a good place, but this is just, you, you know, this is just the way that I was... Cult- Growing up with David Evans in south I, of Britain. I, I was culturally conditioned to believe yeah. that a ball meant the bottom of the ball, right? And now no. I'm only being told now, this is the first time, this yeah. is news to me, that actually yeah. if you have to view the ball from above. And see yeah. if the and see if the even the side is clear of the ball yeah. uh, of the line, right? So that, for instance, is something that's new to me. I'm not saying it's wrong okay. or right. I'm just saying I didn't know it. And with right. tackles, if you go to ground, even if you win the w- uh, ball completely cleanly, right, and don't mm. touch the other player, the ref blows a whistle, and I used to think, well, the ref's made a mistake. I can sort of see how he's made a mistake because he's like. You know, it looked like a bit of a hefty challenge, but in fact, you mm. clean the one ball. But no, it's not a mistake. Even if there's no contact, you can still have a be penalised for what's regarded as a reckless challenge, which basically right. means any sliding yeah. tackle. And therefore, we don't see him. But it was one of my favourite thing elements of watching football. It's a big mm. fucking bang 
on a 50-50 yeah, well, ball. Good tackle, don't we? Yeah. yeah. Now, and there was one, I, I believe, in the England game. I can't remember exactly where they they two players contested a ball, old school style. And there was right. nothing dirty about it. They weren't trying to put their studs into each other. They both just wanted to win the ball. And they collided mm. like two mm. juggernauts on a motorway. Like Loved it. Yeah. Two okay. two forces. It's like a lesson in physics. Right, yeah. <clears throat> I'll just remind you that you said you had a specified ending time for this episode and we're almost at it. Okay. Because you've got well, something else to we do. we can end whenever. We don't have to get to the end of the story, do no, we? No, we have to get to the end because it's nearly there. Okay. There was a tackle by Noel Baxter. Good tackle by Noel Baxter. Much more bite. And he's away, running up the right flank like a genuine winger. Just like he used to. Did he used to be a winger? I don't know. Was he, was he ever a genuine winger? Who knows? Noel appeared to waste his opportunity. He uh, clips it in towards Roy, who's quite near him. Gah! He should have lofted the ball to the far post. Race is well covered. Well, you know, once again, these clowns in the crowd don't know what they're talking about. It bounces just before Roy, and Roy opens his legs and sends it through his legs. Onwards to Blackie Grey. Blackie Grey, he shouts. What? Shout the poor Dean players. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Top-level trickery. It's gone through his fucking legs. Roy allowed the hard-hit ball to skid between his legs. Blackie Grey puts it straight in the net. It's there, right out of the blue. Brilliant goal. Always nice to see Blackie score because he, uh, he's the underdog, isn't he, really? He is, yeah. Uh, Roy's fucking... Well, Roy lets him have a certain amount of goals he's allowed to score a year. Yeah. Yeah, he throws him a born now and again. You can have one today, as... Blackie, as a treat because you've been behaving yourself. But, but next week I'll have two, all right? Uh, and you'll make them for me. And I'll keep your assist bonus. And I don't even know what an assist is. <laughs> As Port Dean, they put it on that report. I'm not sure what it means. As Port Dean continued to fire long balls at the Melchester defence, uh, Vic Guthrie intercepts one on his chest. That's mine, he thinks. Uh, Roy shouts, "Good control, Vic Guthrie. You have plenty of space." And he has, and he's on the edge of his own box, but he's ploughing forward, and we just see him running towards us with the ball at his feet, and um, little bits of turf jumping up, flying up on the muddy pitch. And now Super Brat's off on a run, shouts the crowd. This is the Melchester way, the way Rovers used to play before Roy went to Walford. <laughs> everything's going to be all right again. Daddy's coming home. <laughs> Daddy making exactly better. Yeah. Uh, so they've listened to his team talk and they've acted and they say, see four more goals in next week's exciting second half. What's the score now? 2-1. So we're going to get four more. Well, it's going to be five two to Rovers, then, isn't it? It's got to be. Mark's at a ten. 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 Yeah, that'll do with me. Yeah. Good stuff. Back next week. Special free gift in next week's issue. Hopefully, we'll talk about that hopefully then, it's a uh, model of Kerry Dixon. Let's hope so. Thank you very much for listening, and goodbye. Goodbye. Be careful.
Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.